When you were in college, they gave you spring break. We give you reading week. <laughs> it's not exactly the same thing, is it? Someone should say something to the president. <laughs> we are continuing to look at the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion as depicted in the Gospel of John. Today we come to chapter 18, beginning at verse 28. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, we're not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? The word of the Lord. Holy God, be gracious to our seeking of a word that can only be proclaimed by your Holy Spirit to us. We ask it in the name of the word made flesh. Amen. Pilate must have done something wrong in his career to wind up as governor of Judea. His job was to keep the peace. But the Romans were an occupying army. And there were always some zealot trying to score up a, a, a revolt. There was King Herod who resisted paying tribute to Rome. The people there were as fickle as they were anywhere else in the Roman Empire. And then there were the religious leaders. They were highly organized under the high priest and the Sanhedrin. They had tremendous sway over the people. So in order for Pilate to keep the peace, that meant he had to keep these religious leaders happy. He had to keep religious leaders happy who despised him, but occasionally had a use for him. Early one Friday morning, Pilate received word that the high priest was sending over a criminal named Jesus of Nazareth. He knew 
that he would have to go outside to receive this religious delegation because they would refuse to come into his house for fear of being defiled, particularly so close to Passover. So standing out on his porch, he says, who is this man? What, what has he done wrong? They say he is a criminal, or as the old RSV said, an evildoer. Of course he's a criminal. Why else do you think we would be here? This is so ironic that these religious leaders have such contempt for Pilate, they won't even go into his house, but they want to use him to kill off their criminals. And so Jesus gets tossed inside the house of this Gentile Roman governor, and he is defiled. But you know, it's not the first time Jesus is defiled by hanging around sinners. In fact, we may say it's part of the mission of the incarnation for Jesus to be defiled. In the words of the Apostle Paul, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. This means that we do not find holiness by climbing our way out of the mire. No, it is holiness that climbs down into the mire to find us. This is one of the things that got Jesus in so much trouble with the religious leaders. One of the reasons why he was thought to be an evildoer, because he just kept hanging around the wrong people, as he does to this day. The wealthy will feel guilty to find Jesus with the poor. And the poor will be hurt to find Jesus with the wealthy. Religious conservatives and religious progressives keep trying to throw Jesus at each other. But he's already there. Not, not to condone or defend, not in solidarity. He's in all of these homes for the same reason he was in the home of the governor of Judea. He's there as the embodiment of God's wild search for all of us. That is the truth of the gospel we proclaim. As soon as Jesus steers the conversation with Pilate towards truth, it gets rather interesting. Truth. Maybe when Pilate began his service in, as a governor, when he began the foreign service for Rome, maybe he was idealistic enough to still think about things like truth. But I doubt anymore. There have been too many compromises too, many, too much complicity with an unjust system in order for him to rise to this position that he's in. We know from Philo and Josephus that Pilate had did some bad things. After all that he's done, and left undone, he can't afford conversations about truth anymore. Truth, Pilate says, what is truth? Truth. 
You've come to this place in part, I hope, to pursue the truth. But we have to admit that like Pilate, there are times when we're not so sure we know what that is anymore. We too have made a lot of compromises. We too have been complicit with an unjust society. Maybe, maybe this is why Pilate makes it into the Apostles' Creed. Maybe we're all Pilate. We've learned to, to strive to keep the peace the best we can amongst competing truth claims. But society, I gotta tell you, worries when religious people claim to have the truth. It tends to lead towards extremism it threatens the fabric of democracy. So we worry. We pursue truth, and we worry about people who claim to have it. What is truth? Well, as Pilate is asking that question, he's looking right at it. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the truth. The truth is we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You don't have to go over to them to get defiled. The people you most worry about, the people that you don't want Jesus to have anything to do with, you don't have to just go there to get defiled. We can all go into our own homes to be defiled, into our own hearts. That's the truth. But the truth is also if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The truth is that you're not just fully known, but you're also fully loved. We tend to think we can have that one way or the other. Either you can be known or you can be loved. If you really want to be loved, you better not be known. But a God who truly knows you is deep into the mire as you have fallen. This is the God who in Jesus Christ was dying to love you. By the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, the truth is you've been adopted into the Son's beloved relationship with the Father. You too are the beloved, not because you climbed your way up there, but because hope descends and finds us. When you attend to such extraordinary grace, the truth is mostly what you want to do is to talk about it. You want to witness it. You, you want to just keep finding more of it. The truth is, is that after Jesus was crucified, the, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the profane world was ripped from top to bottom so that that holiness could go out into every corner of the defiled world. God would never again allow holiness to be reserved for places called sacred. The truth is, you have a mission a calling to be the witness to this grace of God, this holiness, 
that is among us, that sanctifies us. To proclaim it in, as a witness in, in Judea and Jerusalem and to the, again, the ends of the earth. And the truth is that Jesus will call you to proclaim that truth, especially to the house of them, the one you, you fear the most. And when you get there, you will find Jesus already present. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.